Make the choice to begin anywhere in your life, and the journey has started. We exist more than just to educate. We exist to also revitalize. And along the way, you can inspire others and be inspired. But now there's a new generation of scholars, and I am among them. If you really want to know who you are and what you are capable of, Howard is the choice for you. Take a moment. Listen to the stories by joining the president of Howard University, Dr. Wayne A.I. Frederick, and his guest on The Journey. Communities across the country are coming together in these desperate times of need. Many people are searching for various resources to get through this pandemic. Our university has a huge support system for the staff and faculty here at Howard University. This afternoon, we will highlight the importance of all of us staying connected and informed with your colleagues under these critical circumstances. Hello, my name is Dr. Wayne Frederick, and my guest today on the journey is Monique McClung, president of the Howard University Staff Organization. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Good. Well, you know, I, first I want to start off by thanking you and all the staff. I often say the staff are the connective tissue of the organization. You keep everything running. Uh, obviously, education is what we are about, and the faculty certainly provide that. Our students are our pride and joy, but none of it happens without the connective tissue of the staff. So thank you uh, very, very much for all that you do. Thank you. With that in mind, tell, tell me first how you got to Howard in this particular position that you're in? Um, well, uh, I was living in Los Angeles, California. I'm originally from um, Prince George's County, Maryland. Uh, I moved to LA after college. Um, but after spending about a decade there, I wanted to come back home and spend more time with family and to pursue my passions in education and science. Um, saw the opportunity um, to work for the LS Ant program um, at Howard University. and. Uh, Interviewed and actually a funny story um, During my interview dr. Clarence Lee who's the PI of the program um, Was having a, a big board of governors meeting which you've been to as provost and as president um, And I hadn't just finished my interview and I said well if you need help I'll volunteer for you need extra hands for the board of governors meeting and that started just my love for Howard and volunteering and just doing whatever I could to help. And then I think that uh, got me some brownie points. Tell me what it was like growing up in Prince George's County. Oh, wow. Um, exciting. I went to um, performing arts schools, both in middle school and high school. I have two brothers, so I'm the only mm. girl. Um, it was crabs on the weekends with, <laughs> <laughs> during the summer with family and Sunday dinners and a lot of activities. Um, the Washington Post used to have a huge section of the Guide to the Lively Arts. I was big into theater, so going to auditions and doing summer stock and plays in school, we were always busy. There's so many opportunities in PG County and the DMV period for kids to get into summer camps, but be it STEM or dance or whatever they're interested in. So. I played basketball in Kettering. My brothers um, played basketball with AAU. So we were just very, very active kids. Excellent. And what about high school really stood out for you? Obviously performing arts, but you clearly ha had an interest in STEM as well. And so what was that? I would say probably a little bit of a struggle at that time. Now we recognize that those things go together well, exactly. uh, especially in the creative minds. Mm -hmm. uh, but back then, we weren't quite mature about that 
Plus. Right. Back then, STEAM wasn't a thing. Adding the arts into yep. science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, one of the great things, however, I think about um, growing up in PG County in that era under Dr. Alvin Thornton was um, the collective, uh, making sure that all students had kind of a liberal arts education um, included in their science um, and technology. I was in the International Baccalaureate IB program at Suitland High School, um, also in addition to the VPA, the Visual and Performing Arts program as a theater major. Right. So they made sure that we were well-rounded and, and got both aspects. And where did you go to college? Ryder University in New Jersey hmm? on a um, full scholarship, full tuition scholarship for theater. Let's switch gears. You got to Howard and uh, joined the LSAN. Why don't you tell our viewers a little bit about what that program is about? I'd love to. So the LSAMP is the Lewis Stokes Alliance for Minority Participation. It is a grant-funded program through the National Science of Found the National Science Foundation, NSF. Um, it's a five-year grant, so you get renewed every five years, and the purpose of it is to increase the quality and quantity of underrepresented students getting their degrees in STEM and going forward um, to get their PhD. Okay. And, it, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's, a, it's a program, a coalition of universities uh, that participate. What types of other universities are sure. involved? So there are over 40 um, alliances throughout the country mm -hmm. um, and they're groups of universities, um, colleges and community colleges and actual other um, interest groups um, in their respective cities and states. Ours is the Washington Baltimore Hampton Roads Lewis Stokes Alliance for Minority Participation. It is a mouthful. <laughs> um, but what that means is that uh, Howard is the lead institution and has been since 1993. Um, we've been funded five times over. And our partner schools are Bowie State, Morgan State, UDC, Virginia State, Hampton, um, and Norfolk State, along with six community colleges. So we have a pretty large alliance. Uh, that's excellent. What types of activities um, are funded under the grant? So the great thing about LSAMP is that it's geared towards research. So we make sure that students get um, hands-on research with a faculty mentor. We encourage publication um, to better uh, set them up for graduate school. Our alliance is the leading alliance in um, undergraduates getting their degrees in STEM. And, and how, how many students has the grant uh, served over the years? And, and what level are the students at when you engage them? So when you enter, um, some every university does it a little bit differently. Some have bridge programs to help students from um, coming from high school and going into college because through the program, one of the, the data points that was uncovered is that students definitely need to be calculus ready before the end of their freshman year in order to persist through to a STEM degree. And so setting up those bridge programs from high school to college and um, further giving them tutoring and um, summer programs, summer bridge programs, internships, anything to really set them up to make sure that they're successful and persist through to a STEM degree. Oh, that, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and obviously that early exposure to research uh, you know, is, is um, extremely important. Certainly. What is the ratio, the gender breakdown of the student participation usually? Um, it's like the, um, what's in the United States is that it's, it's now switching more towards more female students in STEM. Um, so it's just about 60-40 at the moment. 
how is uh, else the grant functioning and how are you administering uh, the, the work of, uh, that has to take place right now? Well, that's the challenge. Um, and we're, we're currently looking at a way, because we usually have a big summer symposium. So we now have to look at a way to take our summer symposium that is in person online and make sure that students still get that one-on-one -on -one, um, research with their, their mentor. Right. We have some really, really, really great mentors um, and professors here at Howard who are taking up the charge and, and making sure that um, if there's not time to do wet research in a lab that, mm -hmm. that students can still um, get look through um, journals and get their research other ways. Now you are the uh, president of the Howard University staff organization Yes. Um, and it's, it's an organization that had existed here at the university for some time. Uh, when I became president I realized that the a level of activity had fallen off uh, dramatically and so it was something that I wanted to bring back and uh, as you know I approached you and uh, quite a few of your colleagues to try to get you active and yes. participating and uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that you're at the helm. As the president of the Howard University staff organization describe to me what your sense of the current situation under the pandemic and you know trying to get all this work done uh, has been. Um, one of the major challenges is that we're not, we can't just drop off from somebody's office. Um, but, but I think we're overcoming that with teams. Um, it seems that this pandemic has really brought us together um, more than more than before. Um, as you know that we work with Microsoft Teams, and we're, we're, we started the Huso Teams group. Mm -hmm. We had a call last week that had over 400 people. We never would have had 400 people um, enter, you know, the, a, a room here on campus. Um, so it seems as though uh, people are really responding to be able to jump into a call um, and into a meeting and be able to stay abreast of the situation of the information that's being disseminated. I would imagine, though, that there are lots of challenges sure. working remotely, working from home. And, and obviously, the staff organization helps with dissemination of information and, and things of that nature. Uh, how much anxiety you think exists um, about coming back to work? Because obviously, uh, especially in D.C., we still have an upsurge. Um, we're hoping that by the fall semester, um, this would have been uh, on a downside, if not very unusual to see people still getting infected in, in large numbers. Sure. But how much anxiety do you think exists right now about that issue? I think there's a healthy level of anxiety, if there is such a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think that people are certainly cautious, uh, but the dissemination of information of what's happening and when things are being cleaned is is what's putting people's minds at ease and knowing that we're not rushing back um, to campus without a plan in place. The economic impact of this is uh, staggering. Uh, as we see, uh, some 33 million Americans have filed for unemployment. Mm -hmm. um, the unemployment rate is, is skyrocketing from an all-time, almost an all-time low. Right. And so there's significant concerns about that. We've made a decision to keep the staff intact through June 30th. We're going to revisit that decision again mm -hmm. uh, in the first week of June for the rest of the academic year. But again, from uh, a staff uh, perspective, I would imagine that there's some anxiety that we're trying to make sure that we alleviate. We want to be fully transparent, but at the same time, we don't want people to get anxious. What, what advice do you have for me in particular around those issues that you think uh, would help us manage through this uh, well? 
Certainly. Um, well, I, I definitely want to commend you um, for the information that's been put out so far and how the university is handling this situation. Um, people are concerned and uh, they have there are a lot of questions and when those questions aren't answered then they can kind of fill in their own reality and we certainly want to mitigate and avoid them doing so. So I think the calls that you're doing with faculty and um, with staff and even students and checking in, um, doing those kinds of checks and um, making sure that we can mitigate those things and keeping us at the table and keeping us in the conversation um, for those those particular ideas. Um, the donation to the leave bank where people can donate their um, vacation leave to help um, people who may need to tap it for um, if they're they're sick is one of the great things that I'm donating my leave um, and so I think things like that that we can continue um, doing would, would certainly certainly be help. When I switch gears, uh, you've been at Howard now for how many years? Going on eight. Going on eight. Yeah. That, that seems like a lifetime, right? <laughs> um, it, you know, everyone who comes here, I try to get a sense from them of why Howard, and I'm obviously interviewing a lot of faculty and students, but I, I want to get your perspective uh, from a staff member. Why, why work at Howard? What do you think is Howard's magic, uh, and why should somebody listening to this who is looking for a job, and unfortunately, there'll probably be lots of people doing that. Why should they uh, make Howard their choice? It's the mecca. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the prototype. It is. It is um, always um, the the beacon at the top of the hill. And um, I've grown so much working here, and everyone's always so willing to help and willing to be of service and that's something you don't really find in a lot of work environments that people who are no matter their position oh yeah I can help you with that or I'm not sure right now but I'll definitely find out for you and following up so it's, it's a place with open arms that that you can grow and that you're encouraged to grow you're encouraged to give your opinion um, and to as long as you're in line with the, the mission and we're moving all helping Howard move forward um, as long as you know we're all together helping that 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 mission come to fruition um, one of the great things about here is I've never had to explain myself I've never had to explain how I'm feeling um, about anything that's going on especially in the media um, I've never had to um, justify my hair or justify the music that I listen to or anything um, it's fully accepting of who I am and also growing me into the person that I want to be. And there are so many resources on campus to be able to, to help students with that. And even if students have chosen their school, transferring is, <laughs> is a thing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for being here. My guest today was Monique McClung. She's the president of the Howard University Staff Organization. I'm Dr. Wayne Frederick. Please join me next time on The Gym.